your Bible and stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful Word of the Lord. Today we are looking in the book of St. Mark chapter number 1. St. Mark chapter number 1 this morning and we're going to begin reading with verse number 4. The book of Mark chapter number 1. And began reading with verse number 40 this morning. It says, Now unto him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him, and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. As soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cleansed. And he strictly warned him and sent him away at once. And said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. However, he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places, and they came to him from every direction. Father, we thank you for the word of God today. Father, we believe today and know in our heart and our spirit that we have a word for someone today. And God, may we be listening today to hear, Lord, not just a a sermon this morning, uh, but, but God, may we hear a word from you. And may we act upon that word today. Father, we thank you for enabling and empowering us By your spirit to deliver the word, we ask these things in Jesus' precious name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Now, we've just read the account of Jesus cleansing a leper. There are six things that I want to pay attention to in this story today. The first thing I want us to notice is, I want us to notice the individual. Notice verse number 40 says, a leper. A leper came to him. Now we understand that leprosy was a hideous disease. Open running sores all over the body. We understand that it gave out a horrendous smell. It could literally eat off a person's fingers, their toes, their ears, even their nose. It was just a horrible, horrible disease. Highly contagious, and so lepers were forbidden to interact with other people. And, and often they were quarantined or, or marked as unclean. If anyone got within so many feet of them, it was law that they were to cry out, Unclean! 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 I'm unclean! To warn the person that would be coming towards them. Most lepers were shunned by society, and especially when, when their d- disease was full-blown. Well, this leper broke the law by coming to Jesus. He literally broke the law by approaching Jesus. And Jesus could have had him prosecuted for putting him in danger like he did, but Jesus didn't call the law. Jesus didn't rebuke him. Jesus didn't even turn away from him, but Jesus ministered to him. Friend, that tells me that Jesus will accept anyone. 
Jesus will accept anyone. No one was more rejected. No one was more cast out in that day, in that society, than the leper. But Jesus was willing to embrace him. Jesus was willing to minister to him. And if Jesus was willing to minister to the leper, oh, oh, I'm telling you this morning that he's willing to minister to anyone. Perhaps you think I've been too bad. I've done too many bad things. Oh, oh, I would like to come to Jesus. Yes. Oh, I've got a desire to call upon Jesus, but I'm just, I'm just not worthy. Oh, God couldn't save me. Oh, I believe He could save others, but, but I've just been too bad. I've been too ugly. I've been too vile. Oh, oh, I wish I could call upon Him, but I just can't. I've just been too bad. He, He couldn't save me. Surely He wouldn't accept me. Friend, that is one of Satan's most effective lies. Oh, he has used this lie over and over and over and over again. Jesus said in John 6 and 37, He who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Hear me this morning. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter who we are not. It doesn't matter what we have done. Oh, if we will come to Christ like this disease-ridden leper did, we will be received by Jesus. Second thing I want us to notice in this story is the initiative. Found in verse number 40, it says, A leper came to him. A leper came to him. You know, I hear people say all the time, I'm waiting on God. Waiting on God. I doubt it. More often than not, God is waiting on us. This leper took the initiative and sought out Jesus. Jeremiah 29 and 13 says, God said, Oh, you will seek me and you will find me when you have searched for me with all of your heart. Jeremiah 33 and 3 says, Call unto me. And if you call unto me, God says, I will will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. James chapter 4 and verse 8 tells us to draw nigh to God and He will draw nigh to us. The old hymn says, draw me nearer, nearer blessed Lord. That might be a good old hymn, but it's not what the Word of God teaches. The Word of God says, God says if you'll draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to You, oh no my friends, we are not waiting on God, but God is waiting upon us. And friend, people who take the initiative with God get from God what they desire. Oh, that's what happened with the widow or or the woman with the issue of blood. Ah, twelve long years with this, uh, with this disease, but she didn't just stand around in the midst of the crowd and just blend in. She didn't just stand around hoping and wishing, well, I sure hope he comes near me. Well, I sure hope he comes close to me. Well, I sure hope he walks by me. No, no. Ah, she made her way through the crowd. Oh, perhaps, you know, in herself, she might have been a very timid and, 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 and reserved and shy a lady. But she knew today she couldn't be timid. She couldn't be shy. She couldn't even be polite. She made her way through the crowd. She probably didn't even say, excuse me. Maybe she threw an elbow or two. Whatever she could that she might get nigh unto Jesus. Because she said, if only I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. 
She took the initiative. She went after Jesus. And oh, when she touched him, virtue went through Jesus into her and she was healed. Amen. Blind Bartimaeus didn't just sit calmly on the side of the road hoping that Jesus would come by and throw in a penny or two in his cup. No, no, no. He took the initiative and he cried out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody tried to hush him and tell him to be quiet and not to bother the master. But ah, oh, he knew if he could only get in contact with Jesus that, oh, that Jesus could do for him what no one else could do. And so he cried out louder, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy mercy on me. Oh, the four friends of the paralytic in Mark chapter 4 were willing to take the initiative. Oh, they get their friend loaded up on a, on a cot. They make their way to where Jesus is. But when they get there, the house is totally full. Can't even get in the door. No way. But oh, they take the initiative. They climb up on top of the house. They take off some of the tile. They tie ropes on the end of that cot. And they lower their friend into where Jesus was. And the Bible said that Jesus saw their faith. They took the initiative. They knew if only we can get our friend to where Jesus is, he won't leave the way he came. And friend, on and on and on and on I could go. Oh, this leper took the initiative and sought out Jesus. But I want you to notice his approach to Jesus. First of all, I want us to notice that he came with a sense of urgency. He came with a sense of urgency. Verse 40, he came to him imploring him. This word implore means to call upon with a sense of urgency. Oh, friend, how long has it been? And since you have gone before God and presented your need with a sense of urgency. It's time we quit being passive with our prayers. The Bible said we can come boldly under the throne of grace. And when we come boldly there, we obtain mercy. And there we find grace to help in the time of need. We need to come before God with a sense of urgency. Notice the next thing. He came with humility and with honor. Verse 40, he came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him. Oh, the leper humbles himself before Jesus by kneeling. Oh, his kneeling before Jesus honored Jesus. Oh, I ask you this morning, oh, when we come to God, do we act like spoiled brat children by expecting to be fed with a silver spoon? Friend, do we take God's blessing and God's favor for granted? Oh, do we act like we deserve the blessing of God? Or do we humble ourselves before Him and honor Him for who He is? Hear me this morning, saints, the longer that I serve God, the more unworthy I see myself. And the more grateful I am for His hand of blessing and His hand of favor. Friend, there has never been a time in my life when I have been more grateful and more appreciative of the mercy and the grace and the favor of God than I am this very day. The third thing I want you to notice here is that he came with faith. Verse 40, a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him, and saying to him, Oh, if you're willing, you can make me clean. 
Oh, there was no doubt in this leper's mind that Jesus could cleanse him of his, of his disease. Oh, Hebrews 11 and 6 tells us that without faith it is impossible to please God. And he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Oh, in this verse the writer of Hebrews says, number one, that it is impossible to please God without faith. Do you want to be pleasing to God? If you want to be pleasing to God, you must possess faith. The writer of Hebrews says to approach God, you're going to have to possess faith. And he said there in Hebrews, those who approach God in faith will be rewarded. He is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The third thing I want us to notice in this little story is the involvement. That's found in verse 41, the involvement. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. This man is leprous. Oh, this man's need touched the heart of Jesus. He was moved with compassion. Oh, Hebrews 4 and 15 tells us that Jesus sympathizes and understands our problems. Oh, this morning Jesus has a heart of compassion. He he understands what we are going through. He has compassion for what we are We are facing, but our friend, not only did Jesus have a heart of compassion for the leper, but the Bible said that Jesus reached out and and touched him. If we could only understand the significance of this. This man is not even supposed to be in the presence of Jesus. He's breaking the law by even being this close to Jesus. He's highly contagious. Perhaps there's a stench that's coming from his disease. Perhaps he's hideous in appearance. If Jesus were to touch him or if he were to touch anyone else, that person would have to go into a 24-hour ceremonial cleansing. He could have been thrown in jail, perhaps even killed. But the Bible says Jesus reached out and touched him. Oh, Oh, how long? How long has it been since we touched somebody? And joined in with someone else's pain. How long has it been since we got involved with somebody that had absolutely no chance of helping us? Are we doing anything to help those that have been rejected and marked by society? The people that repulsed mainstream society. We talked about it last Sunday. All the people that were rejected and cast out. These kinds of people were the very ones that Jesus was drawn to. If we've got a heart like Jesus, if we have the heart of Christ, then we're going to be drawn to those that are down and out. We're going to be drawn to those that have the stench and the disease of the world upon them. We've talked about the individual and the initiative and the involvement. The fourth thing I want us to notice is the intervention. The intervention. In verse 40, the leper says to Jesus, If you are willing, you can make me clean. In verses 41 and 42, Jesus responds, I am willing. Don't you love that this morning? He says, if you're willing, you can do it. Jesus said, I am willing. Be cleansed. 
And as soon as he had spoken, the Bible said immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Oh, friend, this man had a situation that nobody could help him with. Society had given up on him. Society even said, don't even come within so many feet of anybody else. If you come within so many feet of anybody else, you've got to cry out unclean. You've got to warn. You've got to tell. You're quarantined. You're separated. You're no longer a part of society. You are separated. Man had given up on him. Man had given up on him. It was an incurable disease. There was no hope for him from any man, from any human standpoint. His only hope was that he had a divine intervention. And so he seeks out Jesus and, and humbly with a sense of urgency, how oh, full of faith he approaches our Lord. And Jesus, filled with compassion for the man's need, intervenes for him and miraculously cleanses him. Oh, hear me again this morning, friend. God can and will intervene for us. Well, I could stand up here all day long and relate story after story after story, incident after incident. Time after time after time after time when there was no way that man could intervene. Nothing more that man could do. And the only hope was divine intervention. But God intervened and worked a miracle. We heard some stories like that in the ladies' event. And there were a host of other ladies that could have given similar accounts. I'm telling you, friend, when man has done everything that he can do, when man can no longer do, when you have absolutely no help coming your way, God, God can still do it. Amen? Hallelujah. My wife and I married at a very, very early age, 17 years of age. We want to do everything quick. We want to get married quick. We want to have babies quick. We pastored quick. We do all that stuff. We started trying to have a, have a baby. We couldn't. And finally, after a few years, I went to the doctor. The doctor examined me, ran tests, and he said, there's not one in a million chance you'll ever father a child. You're young. It's time to start looking into adoption. We believe that our God was able to do what man could not do. And so we begin to pray. Grandmas and grandpas and moms and dads begin to pray. Our church family begin to pray. And on July the 5th, 1976, a little five-pound, 13-ounce bundle of joy entered our life named Chad Michael Benson. A couple years later, we decided we needed another bundle of joy. We give up on this one. Let's try another one. Amen. <laughs> I said, I've got a little boy now. I need a little girl and we'll have a, a complete family. My dad, being a pastor and being a man of God and a man of faith, told me, it's impossible, son. All the miracle babies in the Bible are boys. 
You need another miracle? It'll take another miracle to have another child. It'll be a boy. I said, ah, I've got one of them. I want a little girl. And on March the 26th, 1980, in Pampa, Texas, in what later became a bank. (laughs) And as much as that little girl cost me, I understand why she was born in a bank. A little feisty little girl came into our life, the life of our home. Krista Ray Benson. Friend, when when man says it's impossible, when man says it can't be done, oh, I want to tell you there's still one that we can call on. There's still one. Oh, that we can cry out to. There's still one. Oh, that can intervene for us and he can do for us, oh, my friend, what we can never, ever do for ourselves. Oh, hear me this morning. God can and he will intervene for you if you will approach him like this leopard. Don't lose hope. Don't listen to the lie of the enemy. Don't go into doubt and unbelief, but take the initiative. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verse 7 and 8 in the Amplified Version, he said, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. He said, he who asks and keeps asking will receive and he who uh, uh, seeks and keeps on seeking will find and he who knocks and keeps on knocking the door for him will be open the fifth thing I want us to notice in this story is the instruction found in verse 43 and 44 the instruction oh he strictly warned him and sent him away at once And he said to him, see, that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Jesus said to this leper after he had cleansed him, don't tell anybody, but go to the priest and show yourself clean and offer the offering commanded by Moses for cleansing. Jesus had already had his hands full. He already had more than he could do. Oh, it was not that he didn't have compassion for everyone. It was that he was limited to a human body. And there was only so much time in a day and only so many places that he could go and only so much that a human body could withstand. And Jesus knew that if word got out about this miracle that that lepers from all over would would be coming to him. But what did this leper do? He ignored the instruction. Verse 45, however, he went out and he began to proclaim it freely and it spread, began to spread the matter. Friend, when Jesus does something miraculous for you, oh, when he intervenes for you, when you have absolutely no other hope or no other place to turn to, when you have experienced divine intervention, it is nearly impossible to contain it. Oh, you feel like you must tell somebody or you are literally going to explode on the inside. 
Well, friend, now that Jesus is no longer limited to a physical body where he could only be at one place at one time, now that he is omniscient or omnipresent again or everywhere at the same time, the instruction has changed. It's no longer don't tell anyone, but now it is tell everyone. Oh, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to observe everything that I commanded you. Acts 1 and 8. You're going to be witnesses to me. Do it in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part of the earth. Oh, the instruction for us today is to speak of Jesus everywhere we go. Let me tell you something this morning, friend. The greatest witnessing tool is not the Romans' road to salvation. There's nothing wrong with it. I've used it many times. The greatest witnessing tool is not the ABCs of salvation. I use it nearly every Sunday. The greatest witnessing tool, my friend, is not evangelism explosion. As great as that ministry is. If you've ever been through evangelism explosion, they tell you now, you say this and the sinner will say this, and then you say this and the sinner will say this. One fellow said, it didn't work for me. I said, how come? He said, the sinner didn't know his lines. Nothing wrong with the ABCs of salvation. Nothing wrong with the Romans' road to salvation. Certainly nothing wrong with the evangelism explosion. They're all well and good. But friend, the greatest witnessing tool of all is not any of those or any others. But the greatest witnessing tool of all is simply to tell people what Jesus has done for you. Oh, like the blind man that Jesus healed in John chapter 9. Oh, in verse number 25, he said, I don't know anything. The only thing I know, he said, I once was a blind, but now I can't see. Oh, the greatest witnessing tool there is, is simply just to share your heart and tell people, I once was here, but I'm now here. I once was that way, but now I'm this way. Just open your heart and tell people what Jesus has done for you. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up I'll draw all men unto me hallelujah amen all right we've looked at the individual and the initiative and the involvement the intervention and the instruction notice the last thing here this morning that is the invasion oh notice the invasion verse number 45 oh however he went out and he began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city He could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in deserted places. And they came to him from from every, excuse me, from every direction. Friend, this leper hadn't been to seminary. He hadn't taken a crash course in evangelism. He simply told everybody that he saw what Jesus had done for him. And what was the result? Oh, there was an invasion. Oh, there was such an invasion of people upon the Lord that he could no longer go into the city to minister anymore. But he had to stay out into the desert. But yet out in the desert, the Bible said that people came to him from every direction. Friend, this is the true secret to church growth. I've read a host of church growth books, been to a host of church growth seminars. But friend, this is the true secret to church growth. Friend, it's not state-of-the-art contemporary buildings. It's not cutting-edge programming or contemporary music. 
It's not ingenious marketing strategies. All of those are well and good in and of themselves. But friend, the true secret to church growth is simply to getting Jesus to show up. Just get Jesus to show up. And when Jesus begins to show up, things will begin to happen. If you can get Jesus to show up, and then if you can get people to go tell everybody they meet what Jesus has done for them. Oh, You talk about church growth. Amen. Notice the second chapter here of Mark. The second chapter of Mark in verse 1 and 2. says, again, he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. And immediately that many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Notice, several days has gone by since the healing of the leper. And yet people are still talking about it. Friend, long after our program is over, or let me just say, shortly after our program is over, people will forget it. No matter how good it was. As soon as our program is over, very shortly, People will forget it. But oh, this leper had been cleansed miraculously. And days had gone by. And they're still talking about it. Amen. You want people to talk about New Bethel? Don't just build a new building. People come in and look around. Oh, this is pretty. Or what did they change this color for? One or the other. They'll come in, they'll look around, they'll make their judgment, and then they'll go their way. But oh, if we can get Jesus to show up, if we can get people into the presence of Jesus, if the leper begins to be cleansed, oh, if the blinded eye begins to be opened, and the cripple begins to walk, when Jesus shows up, oh, people will continue to talk about Jesus is over there. Jesus over there. Several days had gone by, the healing of the leper, and yet people are still talking about it. Verse 1, again he entered Capernaum after some days. Several days had gone by, but it was heard that he was in the house. Word gets out that Jesus is back in town. How for days he couldn't come to town because the people would throng him, but days have gone by. Now he tries to sneak back into town. But word gets out, Jesus is back in town. And when word gets out, immediately, oh, many gather together so that there's no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. Here comes the invasion again. When they hear Jesus is in the house, they start running. Would to God that Jesus would show up here today in his glory and in his splendor and in his power. And word would get out and people would leave here today. And they wouldn't say, oh, what a worship team they have at New Bethel. Oh, oh, oh that preacher is good at New Bethel. No, no, no. Oh, that they would leave here and say, Jesus is in the house over there. 
That's the word that needs to get out. And if that word gets out and if that is true, people will come from every direction. I think it quite interesting though this morning as I try and wind this thing down. Notice what is priority to Jesus. Verse 2, and he preached the word to them. Friend, they are there with their sicknesses. They are there with their diseases. They are there with their problems. They want a miracle. That's why they're there. They want a miracle. They've heard of the miracle worker. and They want their miracle. They want what happened to the leper to happen to them. They are there with their problems, their needs, their burdens. And they are wanting a miracle. But Jesus preaches to them. Now later he heals the paralytic and no doubt many, many more. But the priority of Jesus is preaching. Oh, friend, Jesus will do a miracle in order to draw a crowd so he can preach to them. Oh, may the priority of Jesus be our priority today. God, give us a preacher today that still will stand up in the pulpit and still preach the Word of God. And friend, we're trying everything under the sun today to build a crowd and build a church. Everything from center-friendly to state-of-the-art technical stuff and all of that. And nothing wrong with them in and of themselves as a part of. But it must never ever, may it never ever take the place of the man of God standing in the the pulpit and thundering out the word of the living God. God give us a preacher today that will still dare to stand up and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. A lot of things we can do in the house of God and many of them are well and good but the priority should be preaching and teaching. Hear me this morning, shout all you want to, dance all you want to, praise and worship all you want to but when you are done, let the man of God stand up like Jeremiah of old and declare, oh but his word was in my heart like a fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back and I could not. Friend, When Jesus is preached, Jesus will present himself. And when Jesus presents himself, power is manifested. And when power is manifested, people are changed. And when people are changed, they become productive. Hallelujah. Could we get the worship team back in place this morning? Jesus said, where there are two or three, gather together in my name. Oh, there I am in the midst of them. Hear me this morning. We are gathered here today in the name of Jesus. It's not all about Pastor Benson. It's not all about this worship team. It's not all about New Bethel. It's not all about our programs. We're all about Jesus today. We have come to make Him the center of attention today. Our focus 
emphasis upon Jesus today. And he said, if you'll do that, he said, I will gather with you. That means that Jesus is here today. And hear me this morning, Jesus is here. And as he's here today, he's walking by. You can sit there timid. You can sit there reserved. You can sit there and think, I hope he comes close to me. Or you can be like the woman with the issue of blood. Who man who had to elbow a few people, get out of my way. Jesus is here. I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. Somebody here today needs to take the initiative today. He is in this house today. He is in this house. Virtue is here today. Will somebody reach out and touch him today? Will somebody take the initiative and go after Jesus this morning? Would you stand with me, please? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 We'll never be the most technical, especially not with this pastor. (laughs) We'll be contemporary, but we won't be out there on the edge. Pawpaw's too old to get out there. He might fall off. (laughs) I'm doing my best to bring younger people around me to keep us young, to keep us fresh, and keep us up to date. And I don't care how young and how fresh and up to date we are. I still want the old time religion. Hey man, I still... Hey man, I'm willing to change my methods. I've changed them many times. But I will not change my message. Jesus is in this house today. You can be timid and shy and you can leave here saying it was a good service. Or you can take the initiative today. And you can touch Jesus today. He said, if you'll draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. He said, don't wait for me to come back. Come and get me. Come seek me out. Father, we just pray today that you will honor your word this morning. Lord, we just ask that you honor your word today. You honor your word today. You honor your word today. With signs following, we ask. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning. Nobody looking about, nobody leaving this morning just for a couple of moments. I don't want anyone to leave here without an opportunity to come to Christ. If you're here this morning, you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. If you are here today and you are not 100% sure that you're saved. If you're here today and you're not 100% sure if you were to die in the next five minutes, you'd go to heaven. If I have described you. But you want to change that by coming to Christ today. I want to see your hand lifted up real high in this room this morning. Not going to single you out. Not going to call you forward. Or I'm, I'm just going to pray with you right where you're at. Not going to embarrass you in any way, shape, or form. But I'm going to help you get to Christ today. I'm going to help you get to Christ today. Amen. If I've described you this morning, lift your hand up real high in this room. And then lay it, you can put it down. All right, we've given you that opportunity today. I believe there's some people today, you need to touch the hem of the Lord's garment. Somebody here today, you, you need to be cleansed today. Somebody here today, you need, you need an encounter with God. You can stand there very timid, and maybe or maybe not, He will come by you. Or you can seek Him out today. You will seek me and find me, God says, when you search for me with all of your heart. I'm opening up all of the front this morning. This all is totally all open this morning. I'd like to see 100% participation 
But especially if you're there this morning and you need an encounter with God, you man can't help you. Man cannot do anything for you. Your, your only hope is in Jesus. He's here this morning. I want you to run to the front. Throw your hands up in the air. Begin to seek after Him today. Begin to touch Him this morning. Amen. If that's you, run down here this morning as we begin to worship and sing this morning. Hey man, if you just want an encounter with God, you just maybe.